Welcome to the Spiral Postmatch. In this episode, we review Leinster's 16-6 win in the Pro 14 final over Munster. Right, so Leinster 16, Munster 6. It's Leinster's fourth Pro 14 championship in a row. They're eighth in total. Completely dominant display right from start to finish, I think. Maybe a little bit of a period in the middle where Munster managed to get themselves on the ball. Controlled possession and territory right the way through. Um, Ruddock and Conan, the two standouts for me. And Devon Toner's record-breaking 262nd cap uh, is a trophy for Leinster. What are your th- initial thoughts, Nathan? Yeah, that's the only stat that matters, isn't it? Big yeah. Dev. Get him on the, the Mount Rushmore of Leinster. Devon Toner is definitely on that, isn't he? Especially with his big bald head. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dominic, I'm just looking at some stats here. Just flicked on the Pro 14 website. I mean, 64% possession, uh, seven clean line breaks to Monsters 2, 29 defenders beaten to Monsters 9, seven offloads to Monsters 5, and then the territory was 71-29. So I think the numbers back up that claim you make of Dominic. I really did. I mean, I do this every time we play Munster. I there's, I think I listen to whoever I listen to during the week, podcast, radio, whatever it is, obviously always has this hope of pulling off a Munster win. So I may be falling into the trap of listening to them and listening to the reasons why Munster, it's this time is going to be the time that Munster finally closed the gap. Um, but this time I really thought, you know, what brought us back into the game in Limerick in, in January was, you know, uh, Henshaw was immense. I think the forward, the pack was immense that day. Ryan and Doris, those two, those two missing today. CJ Standard's last shot at a trophy potentially because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't think Munster are going to win Europe, um, and we don't know how much they actually care about the, about this Rainbow Cup. Um, so I thought, you know, the emotional aspect of CJ and Billy Holland leaving as well. I thought, you know, Joey's slowly building up a little bit of form after injury. They might try and run it a bit. They had a, that massive center pairing. I don't know, just I had built it up in my head and obviously Ty Byrne is coming in as the foreign player from the Six Nations. I really was, I was worried. Um, I, like I said, I worked myself up into a bit of a worried frenzy every time we play Munster because I, I, it'll come one day when they beat us and I, it'll, it will be devastating. But yeah, yeah I, this, if Limerick in January was, we got out of jail free, this was definitely not that. Um, dominated them up front in the phys- in, in, in the fringes. I was worried that, that our second row pairing was a little bit um, light compared without James Ryan in there, but Dev and Scott Friday did a fantastic job. Um, I thought Van der Flair was immense around the fringes. Kelleher, he used his size brilliantly and putting in some big shots. There was a phase of play in the second half where he put in two monster shots in a row on CJ Stander, um, which was really impressive, obviously. Um, and yeah, Conan was the official man of the match, but I would think we both would have given it to Ruddock, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Man of the match for me. I, I think his, uh, Robson on commentary, every, every single time he got the ball, he seemed to make a massive deal about it. And I mean, fair enough. He, he seemed to always get over the game line, as Reese Ruddock does. Um, he was sticking runners in their in their tracks. He, 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 yeah, he was everywhere today, as was the entire Leinster back row for me. So it's not it's not a disservice to give it to Jack Conan by any stretch, but um, I think I think Ruddick probably deserved it a little bit more. I think the fact that Conan scored the try in the build up to the try, he was held up over the line, so he had two dominant carries there, and then also at the end he had that break down the channel when he caught that Murray box kick that got caught mm. in the wind. And, he, and, you know, it was a good tap tackle from Carberry that stopped him from getting a second. So maybe two or three big impacts like that kind of influenced it. But you're right. 
uh, again, stats, Reese Redick, 20 successful carries. I don't know what a successful carry is. I don't know whether that means you break the gain line. What does that mean? You beat a man. I'm not quite sure, but 20 of those is a, is a big number. Uh, Munster's, neck, Munster's highest successful carrier was Gavin Coombs with 13. So I think that puts it in per, into perspective. Um, also, I said I was impressed with Josh. Again, the numbers back that up. 20 tackles. That's outrageous. Um, him and Tygburn. Tygburn was good in defence, if a little bit underwhelming um, with his carry. Um, I know you, you're you pretty happy with how we nullified the threat of Tygburn at the breakdown today. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he... He, he, obviously there's no, no there's not really any stats for um uh slowing ball down at the rock but he i don't think i don't th- i think we stopped him from winning any ter- turnover penalties um something which he's so adept at doing it's, it's something that he's shown throughout the years even from his time in scarlets um yeah it, it was clearly a point of emphasis you could see it with how the leinster players were clearing out um specifically at the start when we were into the 22 straight away and we were just getting under the the um the monster jacklers so quickly the the yeah resourcing the rock was a really really good thing for Leinster today and um i'm surprised that adamson didn't ping us for going off our feet a bit too much because you kind of have to do that when when dealing with these with these threats but um Look, if the referee doesn't call it, referee doesn't call it, it's grand. Um I think I think Munster's defensive system is is a very much the opposite of Leinster's. Leinster's is come flying up out of the line, chop or double man tackle, and then let them at it and just let them attack you until they make a mistake. You don't you you leave the breakdown alone. Munster's is very much two men dominant tackles and then one man in over the ball. Mm. Um and to be fair, that works for them. They've got Ty Byrne, they've got CJ Standard, Gavin Coombs got I, I remember one turnover yeah. penalty that was huge. We looked. We had made a break down the right in the second half, and then we came back the other way. And Coombs um, got a turnover penalty that went just when Munster looked like they were going to break. So they they've got the jacklers. I don't think necessarily we have those those jacklers. Um, you know, we Josh is the closest probably we have, and he doesn't re, he doesn't do it a lot. Doris does it a lot. But obviously, um, he's a big loss at the moment. Um, so it's just interesting to see the two different styles of defense go up against each other. Um. At times, you mentioned that period in the second half when Munster got on the ball a bit. I mean, look, what was it? 64% possession. Leinster do what they always do. They play keep ball and they say, right, we're going to put on a serious amount of tempo onto this. We're going to keep the ball and we're going to force you to have to do something. We're going to back our accuracy with ball in hand and we're going to force you to do something special to get the ball off us. To be fair, Munster did that and that's going to happen. You're going to give away three, four penalties at the breakdown against Munster. Um but it was just it was just really pleasing to see. I mean, coming back again, 29 defenders beaten, that's incredible. Um, the moment of the game for me, it didn't lead to a score, was um Josh's off offload to, to Keenan in the first half. Um, he didn't yeah. really look like he didn't he yeah. didn't look like he he won the collision at all. It, he, he got two man tackled, I think, but he managed to free the hands and Keenan came from so deep and broke and flying. It was just a brilliant offload, brilliant line, absolutely heartbreaking. It didn't lead to a trial, it didn't lead to a try because it, it absolutely deserved to. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about the try that did happen. I mean, you, we talked about Munster's jackal threats and I think there was a criticism of Leinster in the Toman Park game back in January that when they were in and around the try line, Leinster picked and jammed too often and that plays into Munster's hands because with those jackal threats close to their line, they're always going to be over the ball. Um, so it was quite pleasing to see us pick and jam from 10 metres out consistently and, and get that score that we normally are so good at, but in the past we've struggled against against Munster at that close attacking game. Yeah, we did. We, we got into the 22 and we actually finished um, 
we fit, we came out with the score, which is something uh, on the previous three occasions in the match we didn't actually do. So yeah, that was really pleasing. Um, after all that sustained pressure inside the 22, inside the monster half, to, for Conan to 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 find his way over. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's easy to forget. Yeah, you, like you said, there were those there were those chances that we left behind. Um, I think there was what there was one early on where a bad pass to Larmer went into touch, wasn't there? When he had space out wide, but I think it's you do need to give Munster some credit there. Um, a for their work at the breakdown and making us work so hard in that area of the field. And when you have to work that hard, errors are so much more likely. And also, um, they shot out of the line well on a couple of occasions. Um, we mentioned that Keenan break off the Van der Fleer offload. It was Earls coming charging out of the line to pick off a ball that. That was a try-saving intervention there. and That was a big reason why it was still 6-6 at the break. And I remember being really frustrated that Munster was still in that game because, like you said, we had a couple of really good entries into the 22. Um, but I think I thought, I thought in the first half, Munster's last-ditch D was really good. I think so. I think so. I, I, I think that Munster were solid. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as calling them bad, but, they didn't, but their defence was quite good, if a little suspect in the wide channels at times. Um, but in terms of Munster's attack, it was it offered nothing. It it was it was route one. It, it was kick possession away. They, they, they tried. Yeah, no. I'm really disappointed with it from the ball players that they have. Chris Farrell's a big man, but he's very good. He's a very good handler of the ball. Um, Joey, Joey Carberry that speaks for itself. Conor Murray is Conor Murray. Yeah, they've got really good attacking players, but they just didn't use any of them today. They didn't offer anything in attack. They were just so stick it up the jumper and just carry into the nearest Leinster defender. And that really disappointed me. Um, obviously, as a Leinster fan, that pleased me. But as an Irish rugby fan, to see that was really was really frustrating. Um, and I'm sure all Munster fans are very frustrated at the moment by their team's performance. I think there's a couple of things there. I think in the past, it's we've definitely been able to go and level that criticism at Munster that they know that they can't compete with that high-tempo game that Leinster play. So they try and slow the game down with that one-off runners box-kicking game. And I think you can definitely say they've done that in the past. Um, they come away from that. So I don't necessarily want to go down the route of just giving out to Munster for playing boring rugby like we, ha- we have been able to do in the past five years. Um, I think there's two things that really ca- help kind of that caused that game plan number one Robbie Henshaw completely shut down England's wide attacking game by swallowing up um, George Ford at all with the ball and not letting him get outside his channel last week he did exactly the same today um, I thought he defensively he was huge um, I actually thought in my head like the, the eye test so to speak was that Robbie didn't necessarily to have his usual high volume, high octane carrying game, but in defense, he was excellent. But again, that, that, that actually doesn't add up because he was Leinster's best carrier in terms of meters made. He made 77 meters. So sometimes the, the, we were talking earlier about some stats and how the stats back up the eye test. In this instance, for me personally, they don't, which is why it's always good to use them in conjunction with each other. Um, but he was immense as you, as all, as he has been throughout the six nations in defense. So that's one thing. So that's maybe one reason why they struggled to get going. With those ball players, and I don't think they necessarily didn't want to use them. Then the other thing is, we spoke about Leinster's good defense, but Munster always, especially in the second half, they always seem to have a bit of joy with the first or second carry. Like on the first or second phase, they get go for it. So Coombs was immense today. I thought 
Um, you know, he was Munster's top um, meter maker um, with 48, mm-hmm. and he also beat three defenders, which is more than any other Munster player. Um, he was very good. Kilcoin had a couple of good carries off the bench as well. I thought he made a really positive impact. Jean Klein, um, his carrying is underrated for sure. He had a couple of big carries, but then after those two and three phases where Munster would get over the gain line, then there was, there was nothing. There was nothing. Once Leinster got set, yeah. it was almost as if Leinster were happy to soak that pressure and then kind of reset. And then once the reset came, then you have a Henshaw flying out of the line or whoever it is. And Johnny did it a couple of times as well. And it just, it just shut down their attack, which is what I think. So I think once you have those initial two or three phases of getting go forward, it's very easy just to kind of stick at that, even when maybe that's what Leinster wanted them to do. Fully agree. Monster are always going to get over the game line on a couple of carries. And every time they have the ball, just look at the ball carries they have. They have, you've mentioned most of them there. And people like Standard Coombs, Klein, that they, they will get go forward ball, but it's, it's how you use that go forward ball. They didn't go wide. They didn't offer They didn't try anything a little bit ambitious. They, they, when you have Joey Carberry as your out half and for you to show no ambition in attack, it, it was just really disappointing. Um, yes, they did get go forward ball like Munster do um, when they carry, but it was disappointing just for them not to, to use some of that um, front football that they had. Yeah, I'm not quite sure is that, was that a deliberate plan or was it just whenever they tried to, they got shut down. So therefore you kind of, you always get a little bit more narrow when that wide game gets shut down, which let's be honest with had Robbie Henshaw playing in this form in the centers. Um, and also, I mean, you got to give Rory O'Loughlin some credit. He was a little bit quiet, but I thought um, defensively he was good. Um, I think, well, Hen- if you're playing with Henshaw in the center, he's going to elevate the play of whoever he's playing with. And um, so, yeah, I'm not quite sure it's as simple as all oh, monster turned up not to play any rugby. I think they weren't allowed to, and it's that they still just don't have that ability to when they're not allowed to play, kind of find something different, um, which they're getting there. I mean, with with bigger carriers like your Gavin Coombs and they're getting those guys into the side. And, you know, Casey was chasing a game today, but in another world, he's in another universe. He comes on and he's setting the tempo and building to a lead. And so, so I think they're slowly building pieces. That means that they can they can deal with that when 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 their attack does get shut down. But it's still a work in progress, which is frustrating because you can't say the same thing about Leinster. Um, but yeah, uh, is there anything, any other point you want to talk about in the game where we go, we just go into our who impressed us and who didn't? Um, no, I think we've covered just about everything. It wasn't a particularly eventful final. So yeah, I think we've covered about everything that happened. Right. Yeah, let's let's start with it. Let's get the negatives out of the way. Um, let's Let's stick to that. I thought... Poor Joey struggled today. That's going to be my my down one of my down arrows. Um, I think he'd been building up a nice little bit of run of form, um, and it's probably very easy just to say, oh, he 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 had a couple of good Pro 14 games since coming back from injury, but then struggled when in a step up against Leinster. Probably very easy to say that from our position, but somebody in a newspaper report is definitely going to write that, so you can't make that point. He had one terrible shank off the tee in the first half. That's never going to affect your confidence, and then he just didn't really get any. He didn't get that um, time and space on the ball that, that he, where he can be so deadly. Or when he did, he, he kind of got shut down. What, what have you got? Uh, for me, let's stick to out halves. Um, Sexton uh, coming on and pretty much going straight back off again. You never like to see your your best out half get injured. Luckily, he's, he seemed okay um, as far as the TV coverage concern, it was uh, it showed. But uh, yeah, hopefully that's nothing too serious. Hopefully it's just a little head knock and a busted nose. 
may have another another bloody HIA um, with with Johnny. And well, he, to be fair, he hasn't had one in a while, but he's got history there. And just in general, the game there's just it seems like there's two or three every game now, and it's just it's 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 tough to watch sometimes. Um, my down arrow is going to be the anticlimax. Um, maybe again, it's my fault for building myself up into a kind of hysteria that this in- inspired monster effort was going to come up the road and really turn this into an absolute brawl. But um, it just the sense of occasion wasn't there. If you want to say it wasn't because of fans, fine, you can say that. But the game wasn't particularly close. At no point did I feel threatened as a Leinster fan. And then after the game, there's just a few high fives from Leinster players. Yeah, we just won another trophy. I mean, that's just a bit sad to see. Mm. And I don't think it's anybody's fault. That's so not Leinster's fault. But I don't know. It's just a very anticlimactic feeling to say you just won a trophy. But yet there's no there's no delirium scenes of joy. It's just can't move on. And fair enough, you know, the Pro 14 isn't the priority. It's, it's Europe. And we, I, I probably will have that happy reaction if we win. If we win Europe, what? Uh, yeah, just a little bit sad, just to think that. I mean, maybe may, maybe twenty thousand people in the RDS going nuts does help that. I don't know, um, but just a little bit sad to see. Would twenty thousand people in the RDS be going nuts though, or would they? Would it? Would it be a similar enough reaction to what the Leinster players had? Very good points, and I suspect you're probably right. Right, let's go. Let's go. We did the down arrows, up arrows. What have you got? Uh... Reese Riddick and Jack Conan, uh, the whole back row really uh, today. They, they we, we've spoken about them already. Um, yeah, they were everywhere. They fronted up. They got over the gain line. They stopped Munster getting over the gain line whenever they were making the tackles. And Jack Conan getting the only try of the game. Um, any of those three could have been man of the match. Jack Conan was um, and should have been Reese Riddick for me. But yeah, the the, the 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 performance of the back row for me that was that was that's mine. Conan needed a big game. Um, the, the Doris got injured at the worst possible time for him, considering the form he's been in. Um, and Scott Penny has been tearing it up both at seven and at eight while Conan's been away. And also you've got Gavin Coombs now probably going to be Munster's age for this foreseeable future with Standard going away and, you know, putting up a hand to also fill that jersey in an Ireland squad. So Conan needed a big game. He had, and, and he needed to run a form and he had a big game last week and a big game this week. I'm going to go Ryan Baird. Um, I'm absolutely loving this new role he has of coming off the bench and just injecting some serious energy. He had the charge down against Scotland. He had a couple of big interventions, big shots against England in the 10, 15 minutes, however long he got there. I think there might have been a rip in the tackle. And then today, he absolutely manhandled Tyke Byrne in one collision. I mean, fair enough. There's a size mismatch there. Um, Baird is much bigger than Byrne. And then there's another one where he ripped the ball as Munster were attacking in our in our half. Um you know he's not your second. He's not your James Ryan second row. Who's going to come on and make twenty carries and get over the gain line every time? To- every time, but he's going to have with his size and athleticism. He's going to be a nuisance at the lineout, and he's going to put in some serious big defensive contributions, like manhandling opposition second rows, like he did today. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think it was Stander that he um, that he ripped the ball out of. It there, was. There was questions that. Um, I thought Standers' knees are on the ground, so I thought the tackle had been made. They were, but hundred percent, they were. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think Adam, I think Adamson was looking at Baird rather than Stander on the ground. But um, yeah, it's still for to, to be able to rip the ball out of CJ Standers' hands is seriously impressive. Yeah. Um, last up arrow for me would be uh, Ronan Kelleher. Um, he was dynamic all over the pitch. He he broke the line on two or three two or three times. Um. The pace he has, it's not quite as it's it's not quite as 
quick as Sean Cronin, I think, as we've spoken about before. But it's still for a, for a front row forward for him to be able to move at that speed is really quite impressive. And yeah, I thought he was physical. He, he, he was having a torrid time at scrum time, giving out about the other monster hooker. I thought for a long time, and um, but he never let that get 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 to him. Um, I thought he scrummaged well, uh, and yeah, his carrying in the loose, and then his breakdown work was also pretty well, pretty good, yeah, pretty good as well. Yeah, we all know he's a massive man who carries really well. Um, there was that huge carry where he bumped off Alamin Jones in the Six Nations, but Tevet today, for me, I was delighted to see his defensive work. Um, like I, I said earlier, he manhandled Stan Dern a couple of times. That was really good to see. Um, really good to see. And also, I mean, there's Dan Sheehan behind him in the hooker jersey, who's six foot three and faster and arguably stronger. Um, I don't know. If I was James Tracy or Sean Cronin, I'd be very worried about game time in the next year or so in the hooker position. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Right. Good note to finish on. Yeah, agreed. Um, actually, let's mention Dev just for the crack. Yeah, so I'm delighted for him and delighted he got to start in the final because there's been times this year where maybe Baird started ahead of him while the Irish players were away, or you know Jack Dunn might have got a bench spot ahead of him. I think it was, it was might have been the Dragons. I can't remember who it was. Um, so there's been a few times where it looks like oh poor Dev might be on the way out here. So it was nice to see him put on a string of good games during the Six Nations and get a, a starting position in the final with James Ryan away um, to put in a huge performance um, yeah, as part of a physical a physical front eight effort. So congratulations to him. And if it is his last serious contribution, Lens Jersey, because I've no idea how much game time he's going to get in Europe with Baird playing unbelievably well and Ryan maybe or maybe not coming back to, into the side. But um, it's at least he has, if this is the last, you know, big, big game, starting game he gets for Leinster, it's, it's a, pretty good one yeah i know he wants to keep playing i read an article in the independent a couple of weeks ago saying that he wants to keep playing but um i don't see I them do, giving the contract i don't do, but i don't see it if and even if they do i don't I, I, I don't see him getting consistent game time ahead of the likes of um don baird ryan etc etc um yeah anyway, we love that wouldn't be it wouldn't be consistent i think if it, they they turfed out they didn't give carney a contract when they had keenan and Larmer, and obviously they knew Max O'Reilly was coming up as well, so it wouldn't be consistent with the depth, the young depth at second round. I had to give Dev a contract, but we'll see. Someone might get injured, and they might give him another year extension. We don't never know. Anyway, should we wrap it up? Leinster sixteen, Munster six, four Pro fourteen titles in a row for Leinster, and now it's on to Toulon. I believe it's next Friday night. Is the last sixteen of uh, Champions Cup? I believe so. We look forward to that. Sweet. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Spiral Post Match. To get all of our written and podcasting content, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Spiral13, Instagram at the Spiral Rugby, and like our Facebook page.